Her grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, last week we talked about the very fact that we are not good enough. It's not a message that people in our current day like to hear, but nevertheless, that is really the truth of the gospel, isn't it? That in and of ourselves, we are not good enough. In and of ourselves, we cannot make it to heaven. And the fact of the matter is, that is exactly why Jesus came, isn't it? Because no one was making it to heaven. No one had the aptitude, no one had the moral authority, no one was set up high enough that they could walk to the gate of heaven and say, I've led the perfect life. I deserve to be here. Let me in. No one could say that. And so, once more, last week we talked about the very fact that we are not okay. That we need something else in our lives to make us whole. And of course that something is Jesus, our Savior. Now, what begins to happen then, you might ask, when Jesus enters a person's Life, because the Bible is very clear that there ought to be a noticeable change. You see, we're not just kind of trying to pump ourselves up and run around again under our own power and just kind of do some positive thinking, but rather the Bible says actually having Jesus in our lives, actually having the Holy Spirit present within us, should produce a noticeable change. In a sense, our society even still acknowledges that for when we find prisoners, right, from the prison, going to the parole board, what do they still often proclaim? They will say something like, I am a Christian now. I have begun to reform my life. With Jesus as my Savior, I can re-enter society. I can now be a valuable, trusted member because <clears throat> of Jesus. Now, no, certainly, yes, in the last ten years, perhaps that has begun to fall more and more by the wayside, but still we hear prisoners from the prison making that proclamation, Jesus has changed me. You ought to let me out of prison because I am different now. There still is within our cultural heritage that foundational concept. Jesus changes people's lives. That having the Holy Spirit within your heart makes you different. And again, it's not just some kind of positive thinking. 
but it is that ability to acknowledge you have something within you that is stronger. You have something within you that lifts you up. You have something within you that can fill in the holes in the background and make you, yes, better, stronger, faster, able to endure more of life's sin that gets heaped upon us and to still respond with grace. You see, dear friends, that is exactly what we're talking about here today. Now maybe from, the, from the, the past, maybe some of you played in, in sports, you kind of know the, the dynamics, the, the psychology of a sports team. I know there, there have been times when my son Scott has been over at the local school and, and he's noticed, you know, everybody maybe seems down for that day. And maybe there's really a negative attitude about the upcoming game and people walking around saying, oh man, we're just going to get killed. Oh, we're just going to get hammered this afternoon. I'm not even looking forward to the bus ride going there, let alone coming home again, because, wow, let's look at the reality. But nevertheless, there, there have been times when he's, yes, been able to lift people up, when he's been able to encourage them and, and gather uh, people together, when he's been able to begin to maybe make that little spark within a person where they say, well, you know what? Maybe we could actually do something. Or you know what? At least I'm going to go and do my best. And even if it doesn't work out when I do my best, I can still hold my head up high because I did the best that I can do. And dear friends, as you know from, from your past, as God has been able to find, there are times, yes, when, you know, that attitude adjustment, or being able to give people that little bit of hope, has made a difference. We may be able to reach one or two or, or three other people, and those three other people, they're able to reach out to a couple other folks, and, and those folks come together on an important day, and they make a difference. It's not that they, they just didn't have the ability, but rather it was the very fact that they just were down and they just had a negative attitude and they just kind of felt bad, you know? Yes, certainly there are other days when reality stares us in the face, right? Certainly there are other times in our lives when it's just like, Lord, it's going to take a miracle to pull this off. And maybe the miracle didn't come. And you ran up against your own limitations and, and you got right, right into the face of you know, something that just overpowered you. Something that no matter what you made of a positive attitude, it just didn't work. And that's exactly what we're like without Christ. 
No, a person who has no clue of the Christian life, a person that doesn't have Christ within their heart, you know, you can come to that person, you can tell them all kinds of positive things. You know, you know just kind of like having a bicycle tire pump, you can be pumping away on that bicycle tire pump to try to, you know, inflate them. But they have so many holes in their life, they have so many limitations that just having a positive outlook isn't going to cut it. Because they just can't do it on their own. They need something. They need someone named Jesus. And I, I kind of have to tell you the other side because I, I know from personal experience there have been times when, when my son Scott has gone into those situations where in the past maybe he's been able to lift people up but now on this particular day there were so many naysayers. Or maybe it just takes one. It just takes maybe one person to say, oh, come on, you're just giving those people false hope. Let's be real. We're really going to get killed this afternoon. Right? Now let me ask you the question. Are the ability of those players really any different from that one game in the season to the next game? And if on one day someone coming and lifting you up and telling you something good is going to be accomplished, and you're able to go out and do that, were you somehow diminished during that next week when that other person came and said, oh, no way, you're giving people false hope, forget about it. No, but what really was the difference? The difference was belief, wasn't it? And the difference was faith. You see, you and I too, as Christians, as our day-to-day -day lives, we basically kind of have the same abilities, the same uh, talents, uh, the same yeah, hopefully, relationship with Jesus from one day to the next, don't we? But what can sometimes make the difference in our performance, what can sometimes make the difference in our ability to carry out God's work is that belief. Yes, that faith. And, yeah, really, let's face it, you know, Satan, he can come to us in our thoughts, can't he? And maybe one day an important event was coming up, and, and to pump yourself up, you sat down, you began to read your Bible, and you began to pray, and you began to ask God that he would open a way for you to accomplish whatever your special goal was. There was an important family member that you're about to witness to, or there was a special friend that you're about to go visit in the hospital. You wanted to tell them about the love of Jesus. 
And there was something, you know, in your life that you felt really compelled to go and do and you didn't know how it was going to come out. But in faith, believing in your Lord and Savior, preparing yourselves with the Word of God and through prayer, you went out and accomplished something even beyond your expectations. I hope for each of you, you've had at least one event like that. Where you went out and you did the will of God and things worked. But yes, let's face it, just like the, the local sports team, there are probably times when you had something important on your heart you wanted to accomplish it. And you know, the voice of Satan came and spoke in your ear and said, why bother? It's just going to fail. Who do you think you are to accomplish that? And yes, unfortunately, because we all have sinned, we probably all have listened to that voice as well, haven't we? The voice that said, why try? The voice that said, wow, the drive over to that person's house is going to be long and then you're just going to fail. And what's the drive home going to be like again? You know? It's not that we ourselves are any different between those two days. And it's not that God loves us any less during those particular times. But rather, it came from Faith, didn't it? You see, if you have faith, if you have belief, then you are willing to go out there and try your very best. And yet, certainly in this world, we will have trouble. And certainly in this world, sometimes trying our very best doesn't produce the result that we want. And yeah, we, we all kind of know that. But let me suggest to you that if at the end of the day you can still look in your mirror and you can say, you know what, I did my very best. And even though it didn't work out the way I planned, I can still hold my head up because Jesus, He still reigns. Because I did sit down and read through verses in my Bible and I did get on my knees and go to God in prayer and I did ask the Holy Spirit to be with me as I went to accomplish that task. And even though somehow it didn't come out the way I wanted, I still did my Father's will. Because, dear friends, if we can say that, we're right there with the apostles, aren't we? You know, some people, looking through the lens of history, they can look at each and every apostle, and, and you can say, well, Peter was crucified upside down. You think as he hung upon the cross upside down that he was a great success? Peter would say that he was. He was martyred for the Lord. 
He did his very best every single day. He brought countless people to know Jesus as their Savior. As sometimes the definition of success in the Bible is far, far different than the definition of success in our society. But nevertheless, that's what the standard becomes. Did you go out there with the Holy Spirit living within your heart, with the knowledge of God's Word in your mind, with the prayers to your Savior filling to the brim your cup? And did you do the thing the Lord desired for you to do? Because you see, sometimes you can reach one or two or three people. And sometimes those one or two or three people, they can reach out to one or two or three other people. And sometimes in the midst of that, you can lift up an entire team, an entire organization, an entire community. And something wonderful begins to happen. For the people that actually knew the truth in their hearts, they actually knew they weren't really okay, even though their mom and dad told them how special they always were. The people that really understood that they were messing up, that they were blowing it, that they had no chance, even though they read some self-help books that say, oh, I'm okay, and you're okay, and let's all be okay together. Even in the face of that, they knew deep down that they were broken, that they needed help, they didn't quite know where to go or what to do. And you came to them and you said, Jesus died for you when you're broken. And Jesus, he gave up his life on the cross for you when you were down and in despair. And Jesus, your Savior, can make all things new again if you just let him in. And when you have Jesus in your heart, when you have Jesus on your team, he makes a better outcome. Dear friends, when we can give that message, we give to our friends, our neighbors, our family members something completely different than this world gives, don't we? We give them hope. We give them healing. We give them a purpose. We give them a chance to win again. <clears throat> Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.